Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So we're getting ready to hear from Secretary Mike Pompeo, who is in Mexico right now, because the caravan is coming. And now there's a possibility Mexico is going to head it off at the pass. So now I'm curious to see if Democrats are going to come out and say it's wrong for Mexico to stop people from Honduras from trying to enter the United States illegally. Oh, the last thing in the world the caravan people would have thought is that they might get some help from Mexico or the United States would that they would be somehow a group of people willing to stop this from going forward. That might be the case when uh, Secretary Pompeo starts speaking. We will bring it to you. Tony Katz, 833-GOT-TONY is the number, 833-468-8669. Streaming the show on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Also, ask Tony mostly anything. Uh, Go on. Go right ahead. I don't mind. 833-468-8669. Six nine eight three three got Tony. That's how you get in touch uh, when uh, Mike Pompeo starts talking. We will bring it to you. Let's get into the Sherrod Brown story because it's awkward. Now I think it's Sherrod. I call it Sherrod, so I, I don't mean to mispronounce Sherrod Brown, Democrat senator from Ohio. And there is a story. A release that came from the Republican challenger, Jim Renacci. Attorney releases statement on behalf of second Sherrod Brown abuse accuser. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you in in full, or or I'll say mostly in full. Today, attorney Laura Mills, who has worked extensively with victims of domestic and sexual abuse, released a statement on behalf of an abuse victim who has accused Sherrod Brown of a quote unexpected, uninvited, unwanted, and sudden advance, roughly pushing her up against a wall, unquote. Here's that statement. I am the lawyer who Jim Renacci has referred to in the press as an attorney who handles domestic and sexual abuse cases. He didn't want to dis- did not want to disclose my name because his referral to me was for the benefit of women contacting his office, and he did not believe he had a right to do so. I had received consent from one of the women to make a statement. She is a very credible source and a professional woman. This is what she disclosed to me. She met Sherrod Brown in the course of her work and had occasion to be briefly alone with him, but not on a date. She told a friend in confidence about her unwanted and unexpected experience in the late 80s. This was months ago, shortly after the Me Too movement began, and the reason she told her friend was to explain why she believed many of the women as something unwanted had happened to her with a prominent politician. She had no intention of coming forward and did not know that the friend would later contact the congressman, Jim Renacci, with it. When she did, he referred her to discuss the experience with me. Now, this woman desires to be left alone. She desires to be left uh, anonymous. Uh, and the claim is that it happened after his divorce. She described an unexpected, uninvited, unwanted, and sudden, sudden advance, roughly pushing her up against a wall. It did stop after she expressed dismay and very firmly pulled away, explaining that was not her style nor why she was there. 
He then said he remembered that what she had on the other day and they had met sometime earlier and that he had been attracted to her. Although she was able to defuse the situation, it did shake her up and she told friends about it as soon as she got home. They wanted her to report it, but she chose not to because it did stop. But she also, she has also told a few other people over the years about what a shock it was, but did not intend to ever bring it forward recently other than to let friends know uh, this is why she believed other women's uh, stories. This is the claim. Now, what the bloody hell do you do with a claim like this? That's the question that America is now forced to answer. America now has to answer what do you do when this claim is made. What do you do when someone says something like this? Because what is it? She says it was unwanted and sudden and it was pushing her up. Maybe it was a kiss. I don't know. I wasn't there. Now, he could argue that it was nothing and never happened, but there certainly, if something happened, it could be two very different views of what it is did happen. The question is, how does something like this affect a campaign? How does it affect our politics? And are we getting to the point where everything is something and everything means that's the end of your career? I get the argument that's being made here, and it really is an interesting one. And there is, by the way, a whole conversation of whether or not there's more than one allegation out there. There could be several. This is the only one I have uh, in front of me. Are we supposed to now follow the rules that were set by Maisie Hirono and Kamala Harris and Richard Blumenthal, who lied about his Vietnam service, and Cory Booker and Dick Durbin, and say, whoa, 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 Sharon Brown, listen, uh, uh, this is not a court of law. This this is a job interview, and uh, there are some some allegations, and so uh, we we don't think you're... uh, I don't think you're right for this uh, this job opportunity. I mean, you're, you're, you you want to get elected. It's a job interview. It, it's 150% a job interview. Now, the Brown team uh, sent a cease and desist saying that if he chose to continue making unsubstantiated and false claims about something that never happened, he would face legal ramifications. So they are saying that this is pure character assassination, all nonsense. Can you make that claim, Sherrod Brown? I'm sorry, Senator Brown? Can you make the claim that it's all nonsense? A woman says it happened. You're you're supposed to believe her, right? Just so we're clear, uh, where were you on the vote on Brett Kavanaugh? Were you a yay or a nay? No, you were a a no. You were a no vote. You were a no vote. Okay, thank you. The problem with the rules is that they will be applied equally. What have we said here from day one? From day one, everyone is guilty. Everyone will have their past used against them. Everyone will suffer from these new rules. And ladies, allow me to be the first to say it, or at least the first to say it as clear as this. If you think you are immune, you are out of your skull. You will go down as well. Everybody is going down if these are the rules. 
because these rules do not discriminate. These rules castrate. They destroy. They end all things. That's what they're built to do. That's what they're made to do. And now you don't have to prove anything. You can go back 30 years and say, yep, this happened. It's not even a thing. It's not a thing anybody would say, well, that's a thing. I mean, that's a real thing. What, what, what's this? This isn't penetration. There was no, there was no, no clothing missing. There, I've got 9,000 things that it isn't. Yet it's enough to end a, end a senatorial camp, a campaign or Senate career. Are we sure? Because if so, if we follow the rules, the answer is yes. And if that's the case, we're all doomed. We're all so screwed. I'm going to keep up with this story and see what comes of it over there uh, in Ohio. It's something else. And we're going to hear from uh, Secretary Mike Pompeo. He is in Mexico. Are they going to stop the caravan? That's all coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. That is the number. It is Ask Tony Mostly Anything. We're waiting on the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, speaking uh, in Mexico. When he does, uh, we'll take it live. But it's also Ask Tony Mostly Anything. You got a news story you want to ask me about? You got a culture story you want to ask me about? You got something personal you want to ask me about? Uh, Feel free. Uh, feel free right there uh, and ask me, uh, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Let me go to Corey. Corey, welcome to the show. What's going on, Corey? Hey, what's going on? I um, I guess this is more for knowledge, and I'd like to kind of uh, help you kind of teach me to understand. With Louis uh, uh, Farrakhan, this is a new name to me. I'm, I'm really trying to research. When I hear the left can you know claiming the right to be you know nazis and i'm hearing this but also i understand what's coming out of his mouth and with his um involvement with uh carson you know can you explain a little bit where does he fall where you know is he more on the left and if he is then why is that why aren't they not acknowledging the man is literally saying these things out loud but they're just um considering us to be you know racist just on their own opinion i don't understand i want to make sure i'm understanding you and i'm following you are you asking me where louis farrakhan is on the spectrum Correct. Okay. Where is Louis Farrakhan on the spectrum is an interesting question because it would be the idea that he would be like normal people and would fall on a political spectrum. How about we, we think of it this way? He doesn't. He doesn't fall on a normal political spectrum. Um, a guy who thinks that, uh, who hates gay people, who hates white people, and compares Jews to termites doesn't necessarily fall on some level of uh, political spectrum, right? I can't give you a chapter and verse on where a guy like Louis Farrakhan is on, for example, the living wage or uh, where he is on the border. What I can tell you is that the people he associates with are all members of the Democratic Party. He works with, for example, in my uh, beloved Indianapolis, uh, Andre Carson, who is the congressman uh, representing the 7th District, who works with 
uh, Louis Farrakhan, will not condemn Louis Farrakhan. And if they're working on issues, one could assume these are left-leaning issues. He's also worked with Keith Ellison, the congressman from Minneapolis, who's running for attorney general, accused of, uh, of, of abusing a past girlfriend. So there's an example of the people he works with. When he was there at the the uh, funeral for Aretha Franklin. He was on stage with Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, and Bill Clinton. Progressive, progressive, progressive. I'm sorry. Uh, race hustler, race hustler, progressive. There. Much, much, much better. Shakedown artist, shakedown artist, shakedown artist. Okay, I got it right. I got everything in there. Perfectly. So that gives you an idea of where he aligns and where he he works and where he lives. If you were to ask me, hey, Tony, what do you what, what can you tell me about his uh, detailed politics? I can do very little of that. I can only tell you about his associations. Um, uh, what I can tell you about his statements is that they are all anti-Semitic. They are all abusive uh, towards people who are unlike him. And he is thrilled by it. And he's supported by people like Linda Sarsour, the creator of the Women's March. So with that, I've hopefully answered the question uh, to the very best of my ability. I mean, that's as, I think that's as good as I can do on answering the question about who he is and what he's like and what it is uh, that that moves him and, and, and motivates him. I wanted to share this about Ted Cruz. Because Ted Cruz, now I only I only assume they bleeped this, their, uh, their producer Ari. I only assume that this has all been edited out uh, right there. I don't know, I just, you know, maybe you got to check these things before we get here. So this is some crazy dude. Here, let me let me see if I can if I can figure it out. Let me see if I can tell you. There was some crazy dude in Texas who's very unhappy with Ted Cruz, very unhappy with uh, with Ted Cruz, and so uh, he uh, he's ripping up yard signs. He's ripping out yard signs, and the guy is uh, videotaping him, and the guy just thinks it's totally normal. That is my property. It is your property. Yes. Okay. This is, oh, that's your property too, though, huh? That's my neighbor's property. He's a gun owner. Oh, I'm a gun owner too. And he's just ripping out I yard signs. Like be careful. Ripping them in half. Like, like it's his job. Over that, that would be great. That would be really, like, you know, appropriate response. That would be you know, I, I have response. bought a hundred of these. I'm about yeah. to put more out. Cool. All right. Well, I'll feel better about them. And then he just gets crazy. And the guy's videotaping him, and he starts screaming into the camera. Listen to this. All of a sudden, he's freaking Smeagol. Talking about how much he hates Ted Cruz. I mean, it's it's crazy. He didn't do it once. He, he did it twice. I don't know whether I should turn that into a ringtone or what. When we talk about the levels of absolutely visceral hate, how else to possibly describe it? It's, it's surreal. It is criminally insane. These people are beyond angry. Does that win you things? My father used to explain to me when I, when I was a young man that, Tony, sometimes people will screw you for no reason whatsoever. I can't explain to you why they do it. I can't tell you what's in it for them. All I know is at times it happens and that's the most dangerous time there is. 
it's fundamentally the most dangerous time there is because you cannot understand their motivation. You cannot understand why they do it. When they screw you over for money, you understand it. It's about money. Maybe you can figure out a way to get out of the screwing. It might cost you a little bit, but then again, everything in life is going to cost you a little bit. If they're doing it for power, you understand what they're doing it for. Maybe you got to figure out a way to work with them. Maybe you got to put down the insurrection. However that comes about, you'll at least know why. When they screw you for no reason, they're just crazy. Not just a little bit crazy. I mean, full on. He's crazy. And you don't know what to do with that. You got to be on your guard with that. You got to be aware of that. You have to be ready for that. Right now, I cannot tell you why it is that people think their anger with President Trump should manifest in these ways. Is Does this sound like someone who's ready to go out there and lead the country? Does that sound like a guy who wants to engage with you, a smart, sensible policy position that you might disagree with, and then talk out which ways are best, prove his case? Or does that sound like a guy who says, you know, I really could go for a portable meth lab right now? Like, that's a good career move. That's fantastic. Hey, anybody have any extra bath salts? Which guy is he? Which guy do you want to be around? They think they can win elections with that guy. With that attitude. Never mind that they're ripping up yard signs. And never mind if you were to say, hey, don't touch my yard sign. They would beat you up and then claim you were the fascist. That's the best part. Now, I plan on blunting a lot of this by winning the Mega Million. No, not that kind of blunt, Ari. Not that kind. Man, is nothing sacred. Is nothing sacred. Can't a man talk about a blunt anymore without anybody making a weed joke? No? Okay. $970 million for the Megan Millions. I plan on winning tonight. I plan on winning tonight, and then um, uh, and then I'm going to deal with, with a lot of these things. I'm going, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My, my first plan, I'm going to print 10 million uh, Ted Cruz yard signs. 10 million. Ted Cruz. Wait, just a million? How many should I print? That doesn't seem like a very wise use of your, your oh, winnings. When you got $970 million, it doesn't matter. I'm going to print up 10 million Ted Cruz yard signs, and I'm going to put them up all in this guy's house. All 10 million. By the way, there's no way this guy actually owns a house. You understand that, right? Does not own a house. I'm going to go to his mother's house, and then I'm going to knock on the basement door, and I'm going to turn the door. The door is going to be nothing but Ted Cruz yard signs. The flooring is going to be nothing but Ted Cruz yard signs. That's all it's going to be. Everywhere he goes, I'm going to have somebody holding a Ted Cruz yard sign. He rips up a yard sign, boom, now the yard sign goes in its place. He will not be able to turn around. He is going to wipe his butt with Ted Cruz yard signs. That's, 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 that's my plan. Oh, yes, yeah, true. I'm surprised he didn't. I'm surprised he didn't when he was right there. $970 million. You know, the question keeps coming up. Do you go back to work? And all of a sudden you're like, mm, nah, I'm, <sighs> I'm, I'm totally conflicted because this is my hobby. It's what I do. It's kind of my thing. So, like, what am I supposed to do? Learn how to golf? I don't golf, Ari. I'm not going to sit there, what, hit a ball with a stick? I'm going to ruin a perfectly good walk with a cigar by playing golf? Dumbest idea I ever heard of in my life.
It's ridiculous, but $970 million. And that's only the Mega Millions. The Powerball is like at $450 million. So I assume by the time the Mega Millions gets drawn, it's going to be a billion dollars. And if you win, just remember, Tony is your friend. I've always been your friend. And when everybody else thought that you were, like, creepy, I was like, no, no, he's cool. He's just misunderstood. And everyone said, oh, man, he's, he, he always dresses so sloppily. I'm like, no, 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 man. He's just comfortable in his own skin. I just want you to know I was always there to defend you. I was always there to defend you, and I always loved you more than your first wife. I told you that from the beginning, but you didn't listen. But you know what? I stuck by you. I just was trying to get a loan, Ari. I'm just, that's, that's all I'm trying to do. Uh, bigger, b- other big story of the day, Ocasio-Cortez will not endorse Bernie Sanders for 2020. The socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will not endorse the socialist Bernie Sanders for president in 2020. According to her communications director, she'll see what the field looks like. She's focused on 2018. Bernie's focused on 2018. We're all focused on 2018, except, of course, the 350 people who are running for president on the Democratic side who don't even give a good holy damn about 2018. You know how many people are running for president right now on the Democratic side? You know what? I win the Powerball. I'll run for president on the Democratic side. Why not? Why not? Just to be able to debate Trump and see what kind of nickname he gives me. You know? I just, I just want to see, I want to see what happens. I don't know if he goes, you know, obvious or he, he really goes out of the box, tries to think of something new and, and exciting. I'd have so much fun with it. By the way, if, if I've been asked many times would I run for political office, my problem is the idea of running thrills me. Oh, I love the idea of running. I love the idea of the debate. I love the idea of the conversation. Fantastic. Governing? Less. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, 833, got Tony's the number, 833-468-8669. Joel on Facebook, where we're live streaming the show, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio, uh, says, I don't believe that Ted Cruz video is real. Ted Cruz video is real. Uh, but even if it were, that would be like comparing all conservatives to the Nazi that ran over the person in North Carolina. Heather Heyer is her name. She has a name, and she didn't deserve to die. Um, I know lots of Democrats, seen large groups of them, and never have I seen one act like a rabid animal. Let's keep it real, Tony. Quit drumming up fake outrage. I love it when they tell me I'm drumming up uh, fake outrage. First, may I suggest to you to get your own show and talk about the things you find important. Secondly, there's nothing fake about the conversations that I'm having here. And what did I discuss? I asked how it helped. This kind of yelling and screaming, how does it help? And you think it's just isolated to this one guy? I have got nothing but examples over the past two years of people yelling and screaming and wailing and crying. How about slamming their fists on the doors of the Supreme Court trying to stop Brett Kavanaugh uh, from being sworn in? How about screaming at the sky at the inauguration of President Donald Trump when they're not trying to light women's hair on fire? How about going after Kristen Nielsen in a restaurant? How about going after Ted Cruz in a restaurant? How about the owner of a restaurant throwing Sarah Huckabee Sanders 
out of the restaurant? How about Maxine Waters telling people, encouraging people to make a crowd and surrounding people? Professor from the University of Mississippi telling people that you should go and see Republicans eating and steal their food and take it home. They don't deserve your civility. How about Hillary Clinton, who lost in 2016 because she's a criminal and cold in every single possible way, saying there cannot be civility until we have power? How about Eric Holder saying when they go low, you kick them? How about those things? How many more do you need me to ask? How many more do you need me to bring up? How many more do I need to share? You're going to tell me that's fake outrage? Bitch, please. Goodness gracious. Can't be having that. Can't be having any of that. Now, so far, uh, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, has not spoken. He is in Mexico. And in Mexico, he is discussing what to do about the caravan. The caravan is about 4,000 people now. That number could be larger. It's coming up from Honduras and supposed to come through Mexico and come to the United States. I have asked, I think, the only worthwhile question. If that is not an invasion, what is it? If 4,000 people coming to the border, to a mass on the border, and then coming to the United States is not an invasion, the question is, what is it? I haven't gotten an answer to that yet. I would actually love one. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. But now the president has said, whoa, whoa, whoa. This happens and nobody stops him. We're not we're no more foreign aid. We're done. We're finished. We're complete. And I'm calling upon Mexico to make sure that this group of people doesn't show up. That you don't allow them through. So now Mike Pompeo is down there. I am thrilled to see the pressure being put on Mexico, something I don't think you would have seen. Something I don't think you would have seen during the Obama days. But if indeed Mexico is going to say at their southern border, listen, no, 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 we're not having this. The United States has to be very supportive of Mexico. That's a weird kind of positioning because I, I you know if you take a look at least the political right uh there is a um there's a fair amount of anger with Mexico for the conversations on, on immigration and for the lack of of willingness to to do something about it and almost like this this desire to 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 make it happen to, that it's okay oh no let the people go up there remember AMLO who is uh, Oberdor who just won the election he's sworn in December I believe it is. First said, no, 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 they should absolutely go to the United States, and the United States should be forced to take all these migrants. Changed his tune slightly. We'll see what he's like when he's in, in office. Um, but we have to be supportive of what they're doing. And what I assume is going to happen, because right now you're dealing with Nieto, and soon you're going to have to deal with Oberdor, and you're dealing with two very different political thought processes here, parties, et cetera is that that thank you and that appreciation is going to have to be either some kind of consideration on tariffs, some kind of financial consideration, some other type of trade uh, uh, negotiation that gives Mexico a little bit more than maybe they would have gotten before, a little bit of carrot because they will have earned it. It is odd to think that maybe something like this and this pressure applied could lead to a better benefits going on down the road. I actually hope it does. I absolutely positively hope uh, that that it does. Let me go to the phones. Let me go to Monica. Monica, welcome to the show. What's going on, Monica? Hey, 
Hi, Tony. And listen, I just wanted to make a comment. I heard you yesterday saying, uh, you know, if this is an invasion, what is it? Well, I mean, you, you read the declaration chapter and verse to people, but sadly, most people in this country don't, don't know their declaration of independence. They don't know any of the important documents that protect our rights and protect us as U.S. citizens. But my comment was that... Oh, oh we lost her. There you go. Go ahead, Monica. We, Sorry, we lost you for a second. Keep going. We've been being invaded and colonized for decades, and we every single president turned a blind eye to it. And I am in an area that I may lose you again, so that's my comment. Um, and I'm, I'm sick and tired of it, too. What are we supposed to do? Well, uh, so, so you brought up the idea that you think we're being colonized. Let me... Wow. Yeah. All right, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and take it from a from a little bit more of a uh, respectful uh, place because I I think that I, I don't think you're being rude, man. If if that's what we're thinking, that is a that's a terrible way to go to sleep at night, you know, to to feel that we're being colonized. No, I don't feel that way, uh, and and I I don't want you to feel that way, uh, mainly because I don't believe uh, that's true. By the way, just in, literally just reported, Mega Mega Millions is now $1 billion, just like we said it was going to be. We're not being colonized. That's, I, I, well, I, I have never heard anybody say that to me before, and I have heard a lot of things. I get some, some crazy letters. That's a, that's a terrible way to feel, and I don't want you to feel that way. So let, me, let me help if I can, only if I can. No, um, we're not being colonized. We're being lost. The idea of America, the idea of Americans, the idea of coming to America, the idea of the American dream, that is being lost. That is being diffused. And it happened through the concept of hyphenization. The hyphenization of America has damaged America in a way that cannot be described. Let me describe to you what the hyphenization of America is. Mexican-American. Honduran-American, African-American. This idea that you are something-American as opposed to American. The hyphenization, the adding of the hyphen, has damaged America in a way that cannot be properly described by me. But it can be seen in everything we do. If you were to take a look at those people who came to the country in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, uh, uh, 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, to be an American, to be an America, the recognition that it was better than where you came from when my grandmother, a teenage girl escaping Poland, came to America. She knew it was better. She knew it was better. I... My grandmother never once, uh, and uh, in, in the last years of her life, I, I got to admit, we weren't as close. Uh, and it, it, and it, was, it, it wasn't, it's a story for another day, uh, family, am I right? But never once did I ever hear my grandmother say, well, you know, back in Poland, we did it this way. Poland sucked. Every day, in every way, without question. And it's not, I wouldn't say Poland sucks today. She was a girl in the 30s escaping what was Nazi Poland. It was awful. She never had a kind word to say uh, 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 about her hometown. Never had a kind word to say 
uh, about Poland. America was always better. Always, 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 without question, America was better. People came to the country. The Irish came to the country. They didn't have it easy. They weren't treated well in the streets of New York. You know what they did? Just built the whole damn country. Thrilled to be Americans. And what we have now are people who come to the country and say, yeah, I'm, I'm here, but, you know, uh, back home, the, somehow coming here was oppressive. Somehow coming here is actually oppressing them. Where they left is a living hellhole, or as Trump would say, you know, another hole. But somehow America is even worse. That is what's happening. Isn't colonization? It is. It, it, it's it's. What if I were to argue it's worse? It's worse than that because colonization would mean people are taking over. That's not it. What's happening is is that we are allowing a culture that makes us think and feel and believe we aren't as good as we know we are. That diminishes us. That wants to. Reduce us. And I do believe we should fight back against that very idea. You should be proud to be an American. Country's freaking fantastic. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz. 833-GOT-TONY is the number. 833-468-8669. Where the heck did that story just go? Oh, I lost it. I feel bad about... Oh, here it is. Oh, check this out. So, um, in my beloved Indiana, uh, and, and of course, uh, we're going to start seeing this all across the country, uh, People coming out to vote, right? They're coming out everywhere. Uh, and we're going to see very high voter turnout in these midterms. This is the numbers uh, from, uh, from is this, this from the, the totality? This, these are the numbers of early voting uh, so, par, so far. It's the, uh, in Marion County. Marion County is the hub, right? It's the center. That's where Indianapolis is, right? That's Marion County. So, so, so think of it that way. In um, the 2014 general election, so that was the midterm, 2014 midterms, 820 votes, early votes, based on day seven, right? So day seven of early voting, 820. In the 2016 presidential election, 6,398. Okay, we expect to have big things in the in the in the um, generals uh, in in the presidentials and smaller in the midterms. Remember, this is one county. So these are these are vote numbers. You know, these are the numbers. The 2018 general election, the 2018 midterms, the ones coming up seven days in, they are over three thousand. They had they did, they had over just over eight hundred in 2014, over three thousand. As we said. There is going to be a tremendous amount of activity this election season. A tremendous amount 
of activity is is going on. Now, there is a great story coming out regarding Harvard. And the somehow we're supposed to accept certain levels of discrimination because some groups have had it good enough long enough. And, and you know, if, if things don't work out uh, for them, that's, that's just the way it is. There is a trial going on where the Harvard University Dean of, Dean of Admissions testifying the Ivy League school applies different SAT score standards to prospective students based on factors of race, but says that's not discriminatory. Translation, Asian students have to face a higher score to get in than non-Asian students. Why? There's too many Asian students getting into college. Oh, is, is that it, Ari? It, it's racist? Is, is that what you want to say? Is that the claim you want to make here? Is, is, that, is that the claim you want to make, that it's racist? What they're doing? Yes. You're yeah, discriminating based on race. Of course it's freaking racist. What? Of course it is. There's no argument here. I'm so glad you came to the thesis. Yay. Students for fair admissions uh, sued Harvard back in 2014, claiming that Asian Americans who have the highest academic records unfairly receive the lowest admission rate at the school. William Fitzsimmons, who is the dean of admissions for over 30 years, oversees the screening process of 40,000 applicants, narrows them down to 2,000 acceptance letters, uh, testified that African-Americans, Native Americans, notice the hyphenizations, and Hispanics uh, are with mid-range SAT scores out of a possible 1,600 combined math and verbal are sent recruitment letters with a score as low as 1,100, whereas Asian-Americans need to score 1,350 for women 1,380 for men. See, Harvard is going to give you the Harvard experience not based on the best and the brightest, but based on the best rainbow they can create. Just call it Rainbow University. Call it Rainbow University. This is absolute madness. You see, and Fitzsimmons says it's not racism. Oh, no, 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 it's not racist. What they're trying to do is they've targeted certain groups to break the cycle. That's the actual quote. And convince students who normally wouldn't consider applying to apply. You either want the best and the brightest or you don't. And the reason Asian students do so well is not because just generally they're better at math. It is that culturally they demand the level of excellence and they practice at a greater level than other groups. Tiger Mom isn't real? Oh, hell, Tiger Mom is real. And now, Tiger Mom can be applied to any group of people. Any mom can be a Tiger Mom. But it is undoubtedly true that culturally... You ever notice that, that Jews or doctors or accountants or lawyers are going to entertainment? The things that they value. Of course. Of course. Places where they could use their minds and excel. Uh, it's just, we would be fools if we somehow denied this. It has nothing to do with whether or not someone is black can get into Harvard. That's crazy. And of course, there are white people and black 
people and Jews and Christians and Muslims who all apply themselves and are able to do better and some don't apply themselves and they don't get into Harvard. And that's okay. But the idea that we're going to change the scores to break the cycle because that's more important than the best and the brightest? I wouldn't run a business that way. That's for damn sure. And the more I take a look at Harvard, the less I would hire Harvard people. The less I would say, yeah, let's bring the guy in from Harvard. You got, you got, a, you got a question what they really do there. Because it seems that the hard part is just getting into the school after that. They, they just indoctrinate and pump you out and that you've got a Harvard degree. Oh, that's your, that's your ticket. Doesn't seem to me that they want the best and the brightest. Uh, but but the uh, Asian students who are getting the 1350 and 1380 on the SATs, send me a resume. I mean, I'm not hiring right now, but gosh, I, I hope to be. I really do. So much more to get to. We'll catch you on Monday if we don't see you sooner than that. Take care. Tomorrow.